Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Heart set is why we do what we do. It's who we are. It's what we care about. It's what we stand for. Love is all of it. It's accepting the good, the bad, the light, the shadow. And yet how many people, when it comes to self-love, have only ever known an earthly, a worldly, conditional <laughs> form of love? Mm. And if that's all they've experienced, why, why do they think they wouldn't apply the same conditions to their self? I'll only love myself when I look like this, I feel like this. I guess I'll draw this with one final point. Those in most need of love show it in the most unloving of ways. And I think this is why a lot of men are struggling these days. It's really interesting because I don't mean to be controversial, but welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us today, oh man, this one's for our hearts. Ryan Hartley, how are you there, brother? Oh, mate, I absolutely love the energy you bring to the start of these podcasts. <laughs> I am good. It's like half eight at night here in the UK and I am good to go, man. I'm going to be a <laughs> That's your evening dose of coffee right there. Yeah, 100%. Man, for those tuning into Ryan for the first time, let me quickly do the honours and then we'll dive deep into this conversation. This conversation is going to be about heart-centred leadership. Ryan affectionately calls him, like, is known as being a husband, a father, but he is also the heart and mind behind always better than yesterday. And recently, he's been putting together this thing called Akira, a council, a council for wise men to come together as well. So I'm excited to dive deeper into the coaching, uh, the worldwide community, the podcast that you've got, Always Better Than Yesterday. Mate, thank you so much for doing this and being here with us today. I would love, I would love to sort of just step out of kind of today and go back a little bit and go, do you ever look back at who the Ryan Hartley was like before because we're talking about our kids before we dived into this like that you know the young ryan hartley and you know were there always already these sort of seeds and sprinkles of like heart-centered leadership like what did that is there a continuum somewhere in your storyline where that was really present for you even as a kid or yeah there, i mean there absolutely is but i'd love to say that it was full of love heart-centered uh, mm. but the one of the biggest things and and i guess this is one of the most important things I had to learn as an adult is 
is much of what I would do as a kid is come to the world for love rather than from love. You see, I, mm. I come from a single parent background. Um, father left when I was six months old and then uh, stepfather um, when I was 12. So I've really, I've come to realize that I've suffered a lot of abandonment in, in my life in terms of male role models. And, you know, I have an incredible mum. She works several jobs, the epitome of optimism, um, <laughs> never complains, never asks for help. And, and obviously that's, that's part of my strengths and weaknesses, but I, I, I never really had that stability of feeling loved. And I don't think you kind of, well, I didn't realize that as a kid, I thought I had a good mm -hmm. childhood. I never really, you don't really know what you don't have as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, and. I started to grow up and I was fascinated with psychology. I think be, being the eldest child as well, just being around adults more, just a curious kid, right? Curious, mm -hmm. insatiable curiosity yeah. and, and coming across this topic of psychology. Like that was the thing for me. Like here, here mm -hmm. I could get all the answers to these human being things. Like how incredible is that? And, um, I guess I watched one too many crime documentaries and I started to develop <laughs> a real curiosity for like why naughty people did naughty things. So, um, I, I went off to university, uh, studied psychology at uni and, and I wanted to be a criminal profiler, but my wife, I mean, I've been with my wife since I was 15. She was like ready to move out. By the time we were, she was like 21. She's like, we need to move out. Like now's the time <laughs> to get some freedom, get a job. Yeah get a yeah. job. So I, I joined my local police service and, and I took 999 calls and I took, um, uh, and I dispatched officers on the radio. Right. I guess short story is throughout my leadership development journey within the police, I come across coaching and I come across leadership. Um, and something really important that really encouraged the heart within my leadership was I became a parent at the exact same time as I became a manager leader for the very first time. Mm. Um, so I was like doing the 3am night feeds mm -hmm. and I was looking down at this little thing. I mean, no one wants to do 3am night feeds, right? Like no one wants to do them. <laughs> and yet here we are out of love, sacrificing our time, our energy, yeah. uh, knowing full well, the next day is going to be a write off because we're going to be tired, hard to concentrate. Yeah. And yet we're there, we're, we're sat there doing it out of love. And I felt like I was having some similar emotions for my team when I was going to work. I wanted to know that they cared about them. I wanted them to be able to come to a place where they felt inspired to do their best work. Mm. And I felt like I, I wanted to, you know, send them home better for, you know, many of the kids mm. that, that needed them. And uh, th there's multiple kind of avenues that we can, we can go off from here, but, but I guess to bring it back to this Ryan Hartley as a kid, as he kind of grew and as he, um, it became more aware of heart and love and how that expresses mm -hmm. itself and, and becoming more conscious. He, he realized that I don't know. I'm talking about myself third person, but I realized that mm. my, myself as a, as a kid displayed many shadow behaviors that the mm. world had perceived as say arrogant. Whereas I can now look back at that young kid and go, of course I was telling everybody all the great things I was doing because I just mm. wanted someone to go, Hey dude, I'm proud of you. You're yeah. doing good. You're doing all right. And, and I guess I've really then started to be able to come alongside myself with this compassion. I think compassion means to be with in my suffering. Mm. And at first, you know, I, I think in my growth, I've, I've been able to have compassion from the younger version of myself because he tried too hard. He told too many people about it. And, and in reality, he was just a young kid. He just wanted to be told that he was good. He was doing mm. well and that he was loved. Wow, there is so much in there. Thank you so much for unpacking that, bro. And one of the big things is, yeah, like you said, you know, the shadows. And I think there's this, you put it so poetically, just the, there are certain things that we do for love and there's certain things we do from love, you know, and there's, there's quite a, there's quite a delta between those <laughs> two things. Um, and even just having that awareness and yeah, like you said, you don't really know what you're doing when you're doing it, when you're that little as well you know it's almost like you and you get older and you look back and you're like oh mm. you know and i i don't know if it sounds like it was similar for you but you know i've been you know running this inspired evolution podcast at least for six years now so it's at least six years of personal development was a whole that's amazing before yeah yeah that's well, yeah, right? incredible but um but it wasn't until i became a father yeah you know that really i started being able to look at I, What's the right way of articulating it? Almost just the the patterns of behavior that are just handed down from generation to generation. 
and being able to see like, oh, that was, that was just a particular way that I was coded, you know, and literally mm. just seeing it as a code, you know, and going, oh, like exactly what you were describing, like a lot of these things that we do for un, unmet attention, <laughs> you know, just these attachment <laughs> styles that we develop as well amongst yeah. each other. And it's just like, hey, you know, I'm here and I'm worthy, you know, and the, the way that we like live <laughs> out into the world, just looking for more attention, more acknowledgement, just to be received for who we are. And it comes out in so many weird and wacky ways. You know, you start looking at, yeah, just some of the, even the leaders in the world sometimes, and you're like, well, man. That, that's it. Yeah. And, that, and that's where the compassion comes from, because sometimes those in most need of love show it in the most unloving of ways. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's just the irony, isn't it? But our, our inability to express the very needs that we have, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I think when we come from a, a heart-centered leadership perspective, one of the, the, the real things that, we have to help people overcome is is stress mm. um you know under states of stress i know many of your guests in the past will have, will have talked similar about this is in terms of the the release of cortisol will inhibit the prefrontal cortex which is mm. our very ability to be conscious rational loving human beings right so under states of stress whether that be in leadership or in parenting you know because <laughs> believe it or not it, like, like this parenting gig is is uh, pretty stressful from the minute that they wake up to the minute you go to bed um you know, and, and how can we come to the world as parents and as leaders from mm. our chosen response rather than our chimp response? I think that's that's the that's the art of heart centered kind of consciousness is our ability to choose, mm. you know, more situation appropriate um, behavior responses. I mean, I don't get it right all the time. Like, <laughs> I'll be completely honest and transparent. And, and we were saying off air, like, there's, there's a, my, my kids are old enough now to keep me accountable to being a heart-centered leader. <laughs> but it's tricky. And it's, and it's stress. It's our ability to overcome that stress and, mm. and replace our chimp response with our chosen response that's going to lead us to delivering kind of higher possibilities. Yeah, I love that um, articulation as well between yeah the chimp and the and the uh, yeah the conscious choice because you've and it's hard sometimes even just to sort of own that even as a step one I find sometimes it's just go actually I always have a choice <laughs> you know, even that can be a bit of people just follow it's like you know right. it's like I just operate this way and I found myself saying this a couple of times even in uh, my relationship my wife looks at me and like she calls me out she's like yeah. Is that the inspired evolution? <laughs> and it's like, I, this is who I am, and I love myself for who I am. I don't need to change today. <laughs> I am a flawed human being, and I'm going to own all of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you, you do always have a choice, right? And it's like, oh man, damn it, this choice thing. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. I, and do you know what? You know, part of the the hearts. So I interviewed a wonderful guy called Dr. Gordon Newfeld. He wrote a book mm. with Gabor Mate. It's called mm. Hold On to Your Kids. Honestly, mm. mate highly recommend any parent listening check out hold on to your kids and your one kids. of the, the things that kind of blew my mind in this book mm. is that he says that it's not parents that set the context for the relationship it's not i want to be the best parent i can be and therefore i am the parent what he says is actually that it's the child that sets the context for the parenting relationship because i they either feel safe and secure and that mm. there's an attachment and then they will give us the authority to be the parent and i was like oh man i like wow like that, that that's i think that's true of of leadership mm. and parenting and relationships is that we only get that authority by making sure that the people in our care may feel that care yeah of course and if we've not done that investment i'll tell you mm. this i did not receive grace within my relationship in my marriage because mm. i hadn't worked hard at building that kind of care mm. and, and attachment there were there were points in our life where my wife and i were um so busy kind of uh, after the second child pursuing business that mm. we, we kind of grew grew apart mm. and we we lost that that grace so when that stressful time came <laughs> we were looking at each other and assuming that the worst behavior was their character mm. you know they were that behavior rather than now fortunately a few years later coming back to the world knowing that we're trying our best and that actually we can support each other through that process because we've earned this little bubble called grace mm. It's a very profound point about, yeah, the, um, the people that we lead or, you know, that we're actually chosen by them to lead rather than us choosing ourselves to nominate ourselves as a leader. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, cause I was going to ask you, like, at what point did you, like, obviously you shared, you know, the, the work situation and, and becoming a parent and this sort of heart-based leadership sort of yeah. coming through for you, but I was going to ask you about 
how that came to be for you? Because it is quite a bold statement for a man from the UK to say. It was in policing. What's your heart print, bro? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, and the context is I was in UK policing. So, (laughs) you know, and and just, but (laughs) so I guess the way I got into it, my gateway was mindset. You know, as a psychology student, Mm -hmm. you know, fascinated with the mind. Mindset was doing the rounds within the coaching scene, you know, Carol Mm -hmm. Dweck's mindset. So it logically made sense that I became a mindset coach. But as I was coaching and, and, you know, I was doing this alongside my day job, I was working with topics of purpose and values Mm. and gifts and skills and strengths and vision. And I was like, these things are deeper than intellect because, you know, if they were intellect based, then we'd just live them all the time. Right. We would just say, Mm. I think this and therefore we would behaviorally manifest or be an expression of those things. It turns out that the majority of organizations who put values on their walls, they don't actually live and breathe yeah, into this. <laughs> so there's something deeper going on. And, and, I, and, and I now have the words for it because I interviewed a wonderful lady called Dr. Deborah Rosman. She's the CEO of the HeartMath um, <laughs> organization. Yeah. She said, isn't it funny how we don't say I love you with all of my mind? And I was like, this is it. There's something <laughs> deeper than mindset. There's something deeper than intellect. And that's where I start to use the word heart set. Mm. For me, heart set is why we do what we do. It's who we are. It's what we care about. It's what we stand for. So I'm starting to articulate my view of leadership being something deeper. I was using the word love at this point. I hadn't really found the words for the the heart set yet. But as I become evangelical about this topic and as I'm Mm. sharing it on Instagram, I have senior leaders at the the police service sitting around with my social media. Mm. And they're like, what does Ryan Hartley know about leadership? And this is the feedback I get given. And I'm like, so so this is the really, really important bit. Because here I am starting to have courage in sharing my authentic expression with the world. Mm. And I was being judged. Of course. This is how I know those points in my childhood were so critical. Mm. Because they came back to haunt me at 28, 29, 30 years old. Yeah. Here I was, thought I had healed some stuff, and it turns out mm-hmm. I was being invited for some greater expansion in ways of feeling like I didn't matter, feel like I didn't belong, mm-hmm. feeling like I wasn't welcome, and it sent and it triggered me massively, mm-hmm. um, and it really revealed a lot about myself that I'm I'm now hugely grateful for that time and that experience because, um, it, I, I've come to realise the the depths of why those topics are important because ryan hartley has felt like he isn't loved that that people don't care about him so i Mm. love nothing more than to help people feel that so i I always say that i found my purpose in the easy times when life was good and i was using my gifts and like serving my heart out and and people were loving me Mm. i deepened my purpose during Mm. the difficult times during the struggle because it's in that suffering there's a wonderful scripture in the passion translation of the bible it's when paul pleads to god when he is asking for the thorns in his flesh to be removed and and the passion translation of that response from god says in your weakness you will find my full expression and i've really come to have such peace in that of all the pain that i've gone through and i've experienced there's such purpose in that and it's only through going through that that I've really been able to embrace that expression um, in me and through me to when I bring, I I, I call it heart work, which is Mm -hmm. the work that I think I'm born to do is the work that is on my soul. And and I just, uh, just love to be able to do this in the service of other people. But, you know, policing wasn't really ready for it. And I was talking about things that I believed in my heart, but I wasn't seeing with my eyes. Mm -hmm. And I had to get to a point where I felt like I had to decide between fitting in and being authentic. I didn't feel like I could do both. I felt like mm. um, I had to only bring half of myself, the favoured half of myself, the bit that was productive, the bit that was good at their job. I felt that like I would only fit in if I brought that, meaning mm. that I didn't truly belong because they didn't feel like they accepted the whole of me. Mm. Whoa. Thank you so much for sharing that, bro. This conversation about the whole self is actually a huge one and trying to bring yeah. your whole self to 
well to life as a whole as well, like, right? Because I think we get so good at, um, I see it even in just something as basic as, you know, we've, you've touched on a real core wound there with like the work that we do in the world, but even just friends, like, mm. you know, certain aspects of me show up with certain friends and certain aspects of me <laughs> show up with other friends. And, you know, it's like, oh, like, am I this guy or am I that guy? You know, and it's like this, actually, you're all of that. And then some more as well, mate, you know, you're the dad as well. And, you know, you're the leader as well. And you're the follower as yeah. well. <laughs> you know, there's always this aspect. But one of the things that was. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Really in the rub there that I wanted to sort of espouse, and I guess I'll get there through this line of questioning, but one of the things that was really present as you were sharing is I had this, um, I was listening to Jocko Willing, and one of the, I don't listen to a lot of him, but one of my favorite things that came out of one of these podcasts was courage is this thing that you can't fake because mm -hmm, the minute mm -hmm. you go to fake courage, and I'm using this in the context <laughs> of you allowing your like whole heart centered self to show mm. up and like going, Hey, like, I'm start, I'm going to start putting myself on socials and just saying, this is what I think about leadership. Even if someone turns around and judges me and go, what do you know about leadership? You know, but that courage that you took yeah. is like, you, you, uh, that like the minute you start to fake courage, you're actually doing courage. Like courage cannot be faked yeah. because courage is having fear and doing it anyway. Right. And it's like watching you do that is well, who gives a shit what I know about leadership? Well, I'll like, I'm stepping out with courage, like there's fear and I'm taking action. Yeah. You know? And this is hundred percent. There's a whole thing in there, right? I'd love to expand on that. It's fear and taking action anyway. I think that's bravery. I mm. think courage is doing that with heart. Because right. if we look at the word cur in French, the root of the word courage is cur. Cur in French means heart. So I think courage is to do it with heart. And you can't fake that. Of course not. Um, yeah. There are on occasions when it is um, overcompensating. And I yeah. think a lot of the Western world is um, creating a sickness of hearts, which means that there's a, a, a huge amount of pride. There's a huge amount of desire in, in one's heart. Mm. And, and, I, and I think that is because a lot of the Western world is attacking people with this feeling of lack and inadequacy. Mm. But on a general case, if we can come to the world knowing that we lack nothing, we have all that we need, that we can have love and gratitude and appreciation for everything that we get to do in this in this moment, then we can come to the world with the purity of heart, which is which is, is its only single desire is to express itself and to serve other people. When we have all that we need, our natural response, if you've ever uh, read the book Power Versus Force by David Hawkins, mm. Yeah. He'll say that actually our natural capacity as human beings is to be loving, is to serve others. To get there, we just have to surrender and let go of some mm. of those lower vibrational frequency energies. Therein lies a bit of a rub, doesn't there, between power and force and how we <laughs> perceive heart set. And this is where I kind right. of take my yeah. hat off to you sort of walking out in the world doing this work because it can be such a grey area because even well, let me just bring it back to contextually to myself. Like when, what, what self-love looks like for me one day is very different what it looks like for me another day. Like one day it's, yeah, like, you know, take action, go to the gym, <laughs> do your thing. And another day it's like, Hey, your body needs to rest, run yeah. a bath. And you know, there's days where it's like, Oh, you're not really loving yourself. You're like copping out of the gym, you know? And it's like, how do you, and that's just like, like a very simple, small yeah, yeah. micro example. Whereas, you know, going out into the world, it's like, you know, I'm bold and I'm empowered and I'm putting my thoughts out there, you know, or mm. am I coming from a wounded place of, Hey, this is me seeking more <laughs> attention from my father that I never got, you know, it's such a yep. landmine to navigate out there. 
for the audience listening in, and I'm sure you've, you know, through your coaching, can you sort of guide or share with us how we can maybe um, delineate between those two different states? Yeah. One, I guess I've got the intention of wholeness and sort yeah. of pretense kind of in my head, but maybe there's more to it than what you're describing. Yeah. Well, there's this underlying belief that self-care is selfish, or at least a lot of the narrative is, hey, self-care is not selfish. And I prefer to use the word self-fullness. Mm. And when we have an awareness of um, our needs, when we have an intimate understanding of who we are and what we need, when we then start to give ourselves permission to give ourselves that, we can then come to the world needing nothing. This is the state that I hope all people can come to, is I can come to the world lacking nothing. I have all that I need. I lack nothing is, is, is the most powerful heart set affirmation I can give anything, give anyone. And I give you an example. A couple of months ago, we ordered pizza and my daughter, she's seven. She becomes really, really feral when she's hungry. Right. And I said, can I have a piece of your pizza? She's like swatting, uh, swatting hands away. No, no, mm. no, no. Anyway, she eats majority of the pizza and there's some left. And she's like, here you go, dad, have some pizza. She gave that piece of pizza, it's the same pizza pizza, right? It's one slice. Mm. But because she'd given to herself first and because she had all that she needed, she mm. no longer felt like she lacked in any way. She was not fearful of losing what she didn't already want or need. Mm -hmm. She was able to give to me out of the joyful spirit of her heart. Mm. And I received that with so much more um, heart because I could see in all of her being how happy she was to give me this piece. Mm. If we reround and I'm forced her to give me that piece out of, you know, she, it would have been resentful. Is like, fine. Have the, and it wouldn't have been such a nice interaction. Mm. I guess that's a very, very simple way to help articulate and visualize the difference in our spirit when we feel that we have all that we need. When I come back mm -hmm. to the power versus force stuff, we are naturally giving. We are naturally serving. Once we can serve from the overflow, we don't have to fear that what's mine is because the gift is the is giving mm. the reason it's called a gift is because we're to give it away mm. and i think that becomes increasingly hard when we feel like we don't have all that we need and there's two things to, for people to really check into is that real like is there a sense where i genuinely lack something in some way because that's probably our basic needs Mm. Maybe I need to rest. Maybe I need to recover. Maybe I need some inspiration. Maybe I need to spend some good time with friends or, or maybe not, prevent, you know, not, not see another human being go up the mountains because then I can get to doing that. The other one is, am I being made to think that I lack in some way? And Johan Hari wrote an incredible book called Lost Connections. And in mm. that book, he interviewed a marketing executive and that marketing executive said, our marketing is that it's most effective when people are left to feel inadequate without the product. Now, when we take a step back and we become really conscious about all the information we receive, whether that be from the news, whether that be from marketing and advertising, everything yeah. is to evoke an emotion within us. And I tell you what, it's not usually a good emotion. Mm. It's one that's making us fearful or inadequate. Yeah. Why? Because that makes us easier to control and for us to be sold to. I guess I'll draw this with one final point. You interviewed Dr. John Martini recently. And he said something that blew my brain. He said that love is the synthesis of thesis and antithesis. And I, it took me a, a few moments to think, what is this guy even even talking about? What he's saying is that love is all of it. It's accepting mm. the good, the bad, the light, the shadow. And yet how many people, when it comes to self-love, have only ever known a earthly, a worldly, conditional <laughs> form of love? Mm. And if that's all they've experienced, why... Why do they think they wouldn't apply the same conditions to their self? I'll only love myself when I look like this. I feel like this. Mm. Um, and, and I think this is where I have to look to a higher power. Mm. And this is where my healing came. You know, I, there was no way I thought I'd be talking about God and Jesus on a podcast um, <laughs> because I was a man of science. Mm. There was no, there was no room for faith. I was never going to mm. surrender, you know, particularly yeah, another father it. figure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was a man of intellect, but I was never going to surrender to another father figure. And yet here I am. Something's mm. happened along the way that's transformed me from the inside out. And, and, and maybe if you're interested, we could talk about that experience. But, oh, but for me, you. something happened in 2019 mm -hmm. that I felt healed me. And it, and it wasn't of this world. And, mm. and for me, I think that is the higher, that is the, that is the true source 
of self-love is knowing that I am loved. I know whose I am. I know I am loved. I am created that there's nothing I can do, say anything more in this world Mm -hmm. that will change how much I already am loved and chosen. That then gives me the freedom to come to this world as an expression of that light, knowing that that truth without needing it from any person or possession in this world. Well, thank you so much for articulating that. And I think the conversation around self fullness is a, is a really potent awareness as well. Um, and I, yeah, I similar to you end up sort of rolling up my vigilante sleeves after a while when I look at marketing <laughs> and how capitalism is it, right. it, how, how it reacts to us. It's just like being like it's intentionally good, being made to feel like we're not enough. And I, I, I say, I find myself saying this in my coaching and it's, I'm very conscious when I say this in my coaching because it's set like of the way it sounds out of context. But I say this thing, which is like, did you ever stand a chance? And I hate saying that because it's, it's, it does not sound empowering. And, you know, a big part of the inspired evolution is you got this, you're you, you've always been amazing. Let's go. You know, and it's like, yeah, double down on your strengths. But there's this, did you ever stand a chance? Because it's, you walk down supermarket aisles, you walk down in like around the cities, people that are tuned in the podcast, you know, you've, you've heard me say this. It's like, I remember when I used to go to work, there was this like billboard of this guy and his like underwear and this chick in her like underwear, massive billboard, yeah, like huge. And I was like, you know, probably within like the two kilometer radius of this billboard, there's probably like five people that look like that. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. And it's like, this is the standard of beauty. <laughs> that you like, and now like, yeah. in, if you either look like this or, you know, you're not worthy. And it's like, dude, no, <laughs> like that's not well, true. And I, do you know what? And I really love the fact that you say the words, did you ever stand a chance? Because I'm an optimist at heart and I don't see mm. that as defeatist. Yeah. I see that as really compassionate because we live in a world now that looks at the level of the individual, you know, mm. self-love, self-care. So mm. if I am not well, if I am suffering, then I have been taught and conditioned to look at self being the the cause. And mm. and what that's really cleverly done is it's pushed away the attention from all the big forces at play mm-hmm. that says, hey, well, you know, this, this is an individual responsibility. Whereas that did you ever stand a chance? Think, you know, again, with Johan Hari's latest book, Stolen Focus, mm. the amount of money that's gone in to these tech companies to Hijacking. work, you know, absolutely to get to, to literally exploit mm. our own human vulnerabilities. And it's done without us even knowing. So I completely agree with you. Did you ever stand a chance? I think that's such a compassionate way to human beings that actually with the best will and intention in the world, there's so much budget and human like power, powering robots, uh, trying to exploit that. And and I, and I, that's the, is the antithesis of what it means to leave Mm. people with love. Yeah. As you articulate i'd love to hit like find out more about what happened to you in 2019 as you shared that journey of like this this connection and this healing because i found um it's a very interesting relationship that we share with ourselves through our own beliefs yeah um and being someone that you know is is well myself and yourself included, I guess, in, in like this, this coaching space, you know, there is, you know, we can install beliefs, we can uninstall beliefs, but then there's, I've recently, and maybe there's another way to language this, but I, I've come to this sort of resting that beliefs can be subbed in and subbed out for sure. Um, mm. But then there are certain elements, and I've noticed this from trajectories where I've coached certain people and spoken to other people on the podcast, there's this thing called knowing, which I've started calling it knowing, which is very different to a belief. It's like this deep inner knowing. It's yeah. like you can't explain why you have that belief, mm-hmm. you know, but it's this and it's knowing. And I, I don't know what else to call it, but it runs deeper than a belief. Um, mm. And because I've had moments intellectually where I've believed in God and been moments mm-hmm. actually where I've intellectually not believed in God, believed mm-hmm. in source and not believed in source. But then there is this, there is this, you know, when I tune in, there's like this inner knowing that actually this whole thing is more than a miracle. <laughs> like what is going on here? There yeah. is more to it. And there's just a knowing that that's pretty remarkable. And I've had to learn to just sort of settle into something like that, you know? Um, well, I had to surrender the need to know the surrender, mm-hmm. the need to have it all figured out and actually, yeah. uh, it, 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 
and, and I guess you know for me i was i was fortunate enough to have had a heart experience that the mind could never make sense of because intellectually mm. i'd never have got to a point where i was voting for any big man on a throne with beard <laughs> do you know what i mean like it just wasn't gonna happen <laughs> i thought that you know becoming a man of faith would make me like ned flanders and like that was the last thing i wanted to do, <laughs> do you know what i mean like not even a chance but <laughs> I, I guess to set the context for 2019 i guess i went into 2019 with a bit more love for self i really started to make a big difference with with always better than yesterday i was mm -hmm. um you know i was supremely confident in my day job i was working far above my pay grade because i was hoping for you know the next thing the next promotion mm -hmm. um so i was working so hard to to do that 2019 was 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 characterized by me working so hard trying to make stuff happen and then the universe revealing to me that none of it was in my control anyway my mm. health started to deteriorate the the position at the police never became available no matter how hard i worked that post didn't become available um so i got glass ceiling from the the path where i was and my marriage started to break down mm. So every area of my life didn't feel safe. Yeah, <laughs> every wow. area of my life, that is so apart stressful. from, right, apart mm. from the community that Ryan Hartley had built, where he felt loved and validated. And my my word, my uh, love language is the words of affirmation. Mm, and it's safe to yeah. say I was getting lots of words of affirmation from the community who were loving how I was showing up and serving them, mm. which meant that I went there rather than you know to fix the the problems in other areas of my life. And that could only go on for so long until things kind of ha had to come to a head. And um, you know, my, my wife and I, we we um, we had some stuff to figure out. We had to work out whether we, we continue or, or we stop. And and I, I unfortunately ran out of hope. Mm. And I guess the downfall, and this is probably the first time I'm, I'm using these words to articulate this, but I guess I got to a point where I felt love for self, that I had an expectation that others around me matched me at that love for me. And I, and I guess conditionally I applied that and, and I didn't receive it. Mm. Um, and you know, that only led to further suffering, you know, mm. self, mm. self-imposed suffering. Yeah. Um, be because what I would do now in that same situation is, is understand that I'm still doing that for love. How can I be of love? How can I come from love and, and how can I, how can I put myself to one side? I thought I'd got to this point of embodying love and I hadn't. I, I, I got to this notion of, I guess it was protecting this belief that I was worthy of love. Mm. It was still fragile to the forces around me. It was still, I guess, prideful, you know, mm. because I was still vulnerable to it not being present from the ones who I dearly wanted it from. Mm -hmm. But during the struggle, my wife found faith. My wife found God and she's like, hey, you need to read this. I'm like, not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance, not a chance. <laughs> but in, in our recommitment to each other, I agreed to go to this Christian festival. Mm. Man, what an experience that was. You know, it was modern. I've never heard modern Christian music. I, you know, mm. I've been in churches in England. They're like pointy buildings, little rows yeah, of yeah, seats, yeah. You know, generally old white people <laughs> that say, peace be with you at the end. I thought, yeah. this isn't for me. I'm not one of these people. Mm. And yet I go to this festival. It's all walks of life, all ages having these intimate moments of worship and I'm like, Oh, I'm curious because I'm a people watcher. Mm. So I'm, I'm like watching. And then some of the lyrics start to speak to you. God moves in funny mm. ways. He starts speaking lyrics to me. So then I would like listen to some worship music in my car on the way home from work without telling my wife, this is like, mm. <laughs> and I'd come out, I'd, 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 be, I'd be in tears on the driveway going, I'm a child of God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the, the day that happened, I was in church. I'd agreed to go to this local church with my wife and um, it was Father's Day and I hadn't mm. you know, taken up faith at this point. Um, yeah. And the pastor said, that's it, man, come down the front. It's Father's Day. We're going to say some nice words. We'll do a commissioning as like, oh, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I'm a dad. He'll say some nice things, you know. <laughs> so I walked at the front and he said, that's it, women. If you want to put your hands out towards these men, you do that. And it was like she hadoukened me in my spine. It was like a fireball to the bottom of my spine. My whole body caught fire. My eyes just streamed. And I just walked back to my wife and I said, I don't want to talk about this ever again. Mm. <laughs> I said, but I feel like a child of God. And since then, you know, I've, I've tried to kind of walk this path of surrender with that inner knowing that, that there is a God that, mm. um, that for me, I, I understand and I choose to accept Jesus as my King. 
but because I haven't grown up in a church, I am absolutely loving learning about God through people, through mm. other fractals of his creation, mm-hmm. through um, through the likes of Bruce Lipton and Joe Dispenza, yeah. through the Tao Te Ching. Mm. So I, I have absolute faith that Jesus is my king, but I feel so free that I can learn about faith in God and its fullest expression in anywhere I look, because mm-hmm. I believe that God is in all and through all. Thank you so much for sharing that, Mark. Yeah, thank the, you. Um, there's a lot that that inner knowing gives you that cannot be quantified as you're right. walking your path, though, right? When you, especially when you like almost bring it back full circle when you mentioned earlier on in the podcast your relationship, you know, in the the parable that you shared about the thorns and the weakness. Um, mm. Yeah, just I find myself, you know, even as a coach, sometimes it's just holding someone's hand through a difficult time, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, just having that in a knowing, it can be light and day how you navigate the challenges specifically. Obviously, the joys, you know, we navigate mm. with quite a bit of grace generally, but especially the challenges, right? Well, it's really interesting you say that because um, there's a. I, I'm just reading it at the moment. It's in the Gospel of Mary, which is one of the really beautiful texts. It, it really does capture the feminine. Mm. And, and, you know, when we're talking about being a whole human, that's about integrating the masculine and the feminine within us Mm. so that we can come to the world fully whole and i think you know many men have been conditioned out of their feminine they've been conditioned out of their feelings and their vulnerability um so they're not able to meet them they're not able to meet other people because they've not met themselves at that depth Mm. they can only meet other people to the depths of which they've met themselves. Mm-hmm. And I just love the fact that you've just said there about being compassionate and being and able to hold a hand, because that says to me something about you as a human being who has integrated this masculine and feminine to be, and, and it just shows what is possible for a human man when he does integrate both that masculine and feminine energy. Because one of the things in the gospel of Mary, it says that the men were not present during Jesus's crucifixion. Why? Because they can't deal with the emotion they can't if a masculine if the masculine is at its best when it's fixing problems and solving things emotions aren't things to be solved emotions aren't things to be fixed Mm. so it creates discomfort inside our spirit if a masculine energy comes to a feminine problem Mm. and i think this is why a lot of men are struggling these days is because they're applying that logical rational problem solving to their emotions Mm. And that's never going to work. It's never going to work. And and because emotions are feedback mechanisms, emotions are data. Mm. They're they're things to tune into and learn, not to fix and solve. And and, Mm. and when a man then concludes that he can't fix his emotions, the conclusion then that he is the broken one. Mm. It's a very huge topic. And yeah, one of the things I see again and again the men that i coach especially you know i i try my hardest not to do relationship coaching just because (laughs) i find one person is already such an interesting you know body of work to work on let alone there's another person in the equation and then when two people come together there's a relationship there's a third entity forms and you're like what am i even coaching (laughs) it could be such a body of work i'm sure you can appreciate but there's this real um yeah and this is, yeah, like you said, I think it's more appropriate to use the word masculine rather than men. Um, but yeah, the, the masculine approach to try and consistently search for the signal through the noise of emotions. And it's like they can, like the masculine, like the masculine approach is like, okay, what's the signal in all of this noise? How do I get to the root of it? And it's like, actually, it this this is just music and it's just going to play out and you just mm-hmm. got to like, just mm-hmm. wait. And then at the end, just, you know, and it, it but it can be so confronting. I'm going to listen to this whole piece play out, like bringing stuff up for me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Hey, Mary, just know that it's going to end. You know, it's like, it's, it's all part of it. It's it so hard. Say, and... Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say it segues into, um, a little bit of like, yeah, Akira, tell us a little bit about Akira. So maybe you can pick up what you were about to say and then tell us about, yeah, Akira thank you. you set up a, a council for wise men and what that really means to you, what you're doing there. Yeah. I mean, I, I've come to realize that um, I, I probably had to grow in my masculinity. I, I was certainly uh, more in touch with my feminine, I guess, growing up 
with a mum. I guess maybe that's why I'm able to have such empathy and compassion within my coaching because of that upbringing. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've had to learn the, more the masculine side of things. And, you know, I, I always felt less of a man, shall we say, because I've never been very good with my hands, you know, in terms of DIY mm-hmm. and with cars and things like that. Yep. Um, so, so for me, a lot of the last kind of five to 10 years has, has been about what does it mean to embody healthy masculinity? Mm. You know, because there's so much talk about toxic masculinity and, and I've just really come to just love and appreciate like pure divine masculine, one that's honorable, that's noble, that's willing to lay down its life for those that he loves. Mm. And, I, and I guess there's something beautiful about a man that is connected with his heart because he becomes those things. He becomes, and this is what I wasn't doing in my relationship. I wasn't humble enough to serve. Mm. I, I, I got to this point where I was like, I am deserving of love. Why don't you love me? Mm. Well, I had to become someone lovable and mm-hmm. the, the, uh, and, and having to face that, Mm. was probably too much for me at that time to have that realization you're not loved mate because you're not behaving lovable Mm. (laughs) so so for me it's come through my own journey around what it means to kind of lead with a healthy masculine and you know i i guess over the journey of the last five years we've we've always better than yesterday 80 90 percent of of the people that join my coaching have been women which have been mm. great. I absolutely have a heart for women and equipping them with um, heart set and confidence. And But um, there's always been something there for the men that I just knew that they needed some space to come to connect. And, and I guess I've had to journey in my own um, leadership around, you know, getting back to the gym, le- le- re- reconditioning myself to do what's difficult, mm. to be able to delay gratification, mm. to be able to cut forces out of my life that are attacking my soul and my spirit shall we say um you know to reduce alcohol to prioritize sleep to be the best father i can be i do cold water therapy and breath work and so for me i've I've worked on developing a healthy masculine within myself so that i can be the man that people in my life really truly need me to be which is honorable noble and servant a servant's heart and I guess I've got to a point now where I believe that I can hold a space for other men who are seeking to grow and develop in, in a similar way. Mm. Um, and, I, and I've learned, you know, I've interviewed a wonderful guy called Dr. John Gray, who wrote the book Men Are From Mars, Women yeah. Are From Venus. Yeah. And one of the things that he kind of said to me, which really did kind of empower me, is that the, the controversial statement is that men do not need to talk more. There's a whole narrative in the men's mental health spaces that men need to talk, get men mm. to talk. And he says, no, they don't. Like, men just need to realise that emotions come and go and they need to go and spend more time with men. Mm. They spend so much time at work, they spend so much time in the family, they need to spend time in the presence of other men. So they will all realise that they've all got shit going on. Mm. They've all got stuff that's tricky and challenging. Spend time with your mates, they'll probably come up with a solution that might help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and before you know it, the emotion has come and it's gone. Caveat. If there are some significant problems in your life that that keep re- and the emotion keeps repeating, well, then there's probably something in the goldfish bowl that needs addressing. There's mm. no amount of hanging with your mates or taking tablets that's ever going to fix mm. a root problem. And that's always the caveat. But majority of time, um, it comes back to that not seeing your emotions as problems kind mm. of topic, allowing them to come and them and to go. So to answer your question in the long roundabout way is that I think you know Proverbs twenty seven says that um, a, a wise man, a, a man with wise counsel, succeeds. Mm. And I and I think that's it. If I can wrap around Amrit with you know ten to fifteen other good men doing wonderful things in the world, seeking to walk the path of wisdom together, then then as iron sharpens iron, so man will sharpen man, mm. and we will all grow. And sometimes that will sound like support. Mm. And sometimes that will sound like, hey, bro, have you tried this? Have you done that? Or maybe, hey, I can help you with this. And sometimes that will say like, dude, you are destined for greater things than what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. There are things that you're capable of doing that you're not doing and you're not bringing it to the world. Why not? Mm. And I think that is the fine balance. And I call it love tough, which is that mm. actually, do you know what? I'm going to surround you with people that love you. And in loving you, they earn the right to kick your ass and call you higher. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think there's a real interesting space here as well, because I am, um, yeah, I think 
I've been, I've been, I guess I've been watching and noticing, especially in the coaching space, more and more men generally stepping out to sort of say, Hey, you know, we need like men's groups and men's gatherings and, you know, this opportunity. And for a while there, I had this aversion to it because one of my, well, my highest value is connection. And then when I start mm-hmm. seeing something, and this is just on the surface, right? When you start seeing men and then you see women and you're like, oh, that's, that's, that's like separation, not connection, you know? Um, yes. And so that was like on face value. I like, feel no. you. And then um, it wasn't until a very dear brother of mine actually started running like a men's group and he was like, you know, come. And I was like, mm, I'm not for this men's thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, but we, we went and it's been incredible and we've run, I think six different retreats in this space wow. now on it. And That's it's awesome. been, um, profound to say the least on just how much, yeah, like you said, it's, we don't even necessarily need to talk. It's just being yeah. around each other in each other's funk and just how much yeah. that is just great. You know, it's just, it's really, really it's restabilizing and a lot of the, and I think this is probably where I wanted to bring the podcast home to with you today is when I look at what actually happens, it's, you know, in some instances, 14 men and you describe 15. Um, and just what's available when <laughs> your psychology can actually just sort of sink back to something that is primitively comfortable almost is the way I would like yeah. to articulate it. You know, like yeah. if I was out and I was part of a tribe, I wouldn't have been, you know, hunting on my own because that is like, I'm just a human with this like little, yeah. like two arms, two legs, and maybe I can run for quite a bit, but I'm not sure how much more <sighs> I can really achieve in terms of hunting. I could pick some berries, now that'll only keep us going for so long, right? <laughs> but if yeah. we, like, if we ultimately try and get out there and, you know, like a human's ability to communicate and coordinate with each other, yes. and me just being able to communicate and say, hey, don't go to the river at five o'clock or, you know, after sundown because lions mm-hmm. hang out there. That's what extended our species, right? Um, yeah. So that ability to just be amongst 15 other men and just go, or 14 other men and just go, you know, and actually I can be held all of a sudden. And I think it bleeds back to that point that you shared earlier. It's like a lot of times in today's world, it's like, I've got the choice. I've got the responsibility. I can change. I can be better. I'm inspired evolution. I, I, Mm. I, I, and like even the pressure from outside is like, if this isn't working for you, what's about you? You know, what can you do? What choices can you make? You know, and it's all this like Mm. insulation. Whereas just sinking back into like, actually, I can be like, whoa, like there's a brother here that actually just went out of his way to go get me a glass of water or, you know, I can see that that brother's going through something. I'm going to pick up a guitar, play a song, you know, help him sort of mm. just make it through this moment, you know, and we yeah. and we just sort of navigate holding each other through this space. And yeah, the only way I can articulate it, it's, it is this restful respite that you get in this real primitive psychological space in your brain, which is like, yeah. oh Yeah. I'm connected to other men. Well, it's really interesting because I don't mean to be controversial and I'm, and I'm kind of thinking as we're speaking. So hopefully there's some grace for this, mm-hmm. but when we look at the, so John, John Gray talks about there, are, there are 12 love needs and we, we, as men and women, masculine, feminine, we have all of them, but they're slightly ordered differently when it comes to men and women. And, mm-hmm. and one of the, um, top needs from love for, for women is, is to feel safe. And isn't it paradoxical that for men to feel unconditionally loved and held and to express their emotions, the the byproduct of that is that the woman will feel unsafe because in that moment, she doesn't have certainty whether he's going to be able to support and provide. Mm. He's having a breakdown. And that might be some of the barriers as to, you know, subconscious barriers as to why men keep it all in, because that in some way provides kind of these, uh, these spidey senses that, all is not well right now. Mm. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to provide. I don't know if I'm going to be able to protect. And that threatens the very essence of her feeling loved or feeling mm. safe. So I think the men's space specifically is a great way of being able to do that for men. Why? So that when they come back to that relationship with their partner, they can be who she needs him to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real tenet of the men's spaces that I've fallen in love with is the whole intention is really to be better men for the feminine. hundred percent. hundred percent. And, and, and there's, and that's, and that, I, I love the masculine element here because, um, 
and here's the here's the really wonderful thing i think john gray says that men don't resist being changed mm. they resist being unloved and and a man needs to feel love for who he is right now in this mm -hmm. moment uh, and yet i know so many women out there can see his potential and see how great he could become and they're just trying to bring that better version but actually that feels unloving because it's not loving who he is in this moment it's mm -hmm. wishing he would change and improve that's what men resist if you if a man feels love for who he is in this moment he will choose to improve himself he will choose to give you a better man a better husband a better father and i guess that's where i'd kind of like come back to your bit of of coaching relationships i have experience of, of coaching some relationships mm. and 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 the essence that i get to is exactly what we're talking about is we work at the level of the individual how can we help bring some awareness and appreciation of the gifts and skills and the talents and the contributions that we can make in the service of each other the yin the yang the go together the beautiful um integration of this is my value i bring it in service of you and if we mm. both do that we're not looking at what we can gain we're looking at what we can give ryan <laughs> mate thank you so much man i you know no, the, these are not easy i think they're very important topics the ones that you continuously um, I would say garden almost. I see you as someone that's nurturing this wisdom um, and actually walking it out into life and helping others uh, evolve into it. And um, yeah, it's it's not for the faint of heart, which is <laughs> probably a bit poetic right. that way. Um, yeah. But the work that you you're continuously doing with yeah, you know, your heart print, and now I'm excited for what Akira is bringing. But really, Thank just you know. you know, your heart centered leadership, mate. It's there's a lot in there and there's, there's some significant depths that you've plumbed as well. Um, and I think just the reservoir that that affords just people to come hmm. back home to self fullness and you know, that love that's available to them. It really is a gift. So I, I just want to thank you for having no, this conversation you, with us today. No, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah, yeah, man. Thank you so much. For those that want to tune into your work, what's the easiest place for them to find out more about um, what's going on in the world of Ryan Hartley? The easiest place is the website. It's four letters. It's abty.co.uk. abty.co.uk. He's got all the information there about who we are, the community that we, we you know, come and, come and be part of our community if you want to spend some time with some other heart-centered leaders. Um, the podcast link's there. It's a coaching, Akira. That's where all the good links are. Mate, I, I, I'm grateful for you. I'm you know, grateful for six years as well. Like, I just say it as a fellow podcaster, like mm. that is incredible service. Like <laughs> hats off to you, my friend, like that is an incredible heart print. Like, mm. and, and I, and I just hope that you over, you know, because here's the thing, you've got to have a lot of faith as a podcaster that mm. what you put out is for the betterment of human beings. Right. Mm. And every now and again, I hope that one of those waves comes back and washes you over <laughs> and just refuels you over and over and over again. Thank you for your blessings and your prayers, brother. It means so much. Yeah, good man. Really appreciate it. Inspired Evolution Tribe and audience, as you know, this podcast, this YouTube channel would not be what it is without you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on the regular. You made it all the way through to the end of an episode. You've done that. I love you for that. Thank you so much. <laughs> if you have gotten something out of this episode, please do hit the thumbs up. And if you're new around here, you know, there's plenty of conversations like this dropping every Monday. So please do feel free to hit subscribe so I can let you know when a new conversation comes out and we'll continue to stay in touch. As always, stay inspired. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, Please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember, 
to stay inspired and keep evolving. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 